What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And that reminds me, we are not on Facebook. Facebook is doing some very interesting things to our live shows for this week. Facebook will be back on Friday night for Josh and Luca, uh, the Bills Chat podcast. They'll be on back on Facebook on Friday night. But if you're tuning in on YouTube, we're still trying to grow our brand new YouTube channel. So appreciate everyone that subscribes to the YouTube that watches, that listens on YouTube, that is awesome. Twitter, as always, retweet, like, all that fun stuff. Stuff Comment section is open tonight. Drop a comment, drop anything, as we will be previewing this Bengals-Bills matchup on Sunday in the divisional round. As always, we'll be recapping the Bills' very interesting win on Sunday in the wild card round. I guess a win is a win. And before we get into that, guys, shout-out to our sponsor, Picasso's Pizza for the best pizza in Buffalo. It's got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night. So, guys, shout out to our amazing sponsor over at Picasso's Pizza. You guys do want to check them out. And as always, if you don't watch this show, you can always rewatch it on YouTube and Twitter. But if you prefer the podcast version, tomorrow morning it comes out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So, when you wake up tomorrow and you're driving to work, no commercials. You can listen on podcast version. And actually, lately, the podcast has been killing it, guys. I appreciate everyone that downloads it and listens. That is, that's awesome. So keep doing that if you prefer the podcast version. I don't mind you guys doing that. That is awesome. But yeah, we're going to get right into it. I know it's a little different show. So if you're on Facebook, you're not watching us right now. So hopefully you saw the Built in Buffalo post on Facebook. I put the link in there. So hopefully everyone comes over to YouTube or Twitter and checks us out. Out as we are still trying to obviously grow this brand new YouTube channel, almost at 800 subscribers on YouTube. So keep going. Facebook's at 90,000. So if you prefer Facebook, go over on Facebook and follow and then come back here on YouTube and give us a listen or a watch. But yeah, like I said, Facebook will be back on Friday with the live shows, a little, little six day hiatus. Thank you so much, Mark Zuckerberg. I appreciate it. So we're going to get right into today's conversation. If you guys want to join the conversation, like I said, the comment section is open. We're going to start with the good from the Dolphins game. So obviously, if you watch the game, it was a roller coaster of emotions. The Bills escaped with a 34-31 win. And I guess in the playoffs, that is all that matters. If you escape, there's no going back. It doesn't really matter. We won't see the Dolphins until next year, until the 2023 regular season. So we don't really have to worry about the Dolphins anymore at this point. We don't have to worry about any Dolphins events. It doesn't really matter anymore. So the good from the Dolphins game. The first initial thing, and I'll say this quickly, the Bills won. They got they won the wild card game. 
That's all you have to do. I get it. It was not flashy. There was no style points, but it doesn't really matter. It does not matter. They got to the divisional round. Do we have things we got to work on? Of course. We'll get that until we talk about with the talk with the Bengals and some of the bad or some of the ugly from the Dolphins game, which will be our next segment of the show. But I would say a good from the Dolphins going from the Dolphins game, excuse me, the Bills' ability to put up points. You turn the ball over handful of times. That was three turnovers, two interceptions by Josh Allen, and that fumble that immediately led to six points and the seven points extra points. So that immediately led to seven of Miami's 31 points was that scoop and score for Miami to start the second half. So you still are able to score 34 points, but turn the ball over three times, put Miami's offense in a lot of good situations, give them seven free points basically, and you still can score 34 points. And that was a collective of Josh Allen having one of the more roller coaster games he's had. He looked incredible from some time to time. But then he also looked like rookie Josh Allen from time to time. You got to obviously hone that in. He threw, excuse me, as I knock my freaking computer over here, all over the place right now. He threw three touchdowns, 352 yards, averaged nine yards per pass or per completion but was also sacked seven times. So that's going to get to the ugly in a second. Obviously, those sack numbers, we do not like. We do not want those sack numbers to continue. So the Bills' ability to score points. It was a collective of Stephon Diggs in the first half, and then Gabe Davis in the second half, sprinkled in with some incredible catches or incredible catch by Khalil Shakir. He had three catches for 51 yards. Cole Beasy, two catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. And guys, you guys didn't know this. This was Cole Beasy's first career postseason touchdown, which the amount of years he's played in, he went to a good amount of playoffs with Dallas. He's been to multiple playoff appearances with the Bills. You would think he would have had at least one playoff touchdown. I guess not. That was his first playoff touchdown in his pretty veteran career he's had in this National Football League. So I would say the ability to score points was a good thing. It was a collective of a couple Josh Allen passing touchdowns, one to Dawson Knox, one to Gabe Davis, and one to Cole Beasley. The Gabe Davis pass was incredible. I put that on Twitter yesterday, I believe. Did pretty well on Twitter, and I talked about playoff Gabe Davis. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, Gabe Davis absolutely balled. But that dot into the corner of the end zone that gave the Bills a 10-point lead was something that they needed. And, obviously, they won by three, so it was a very important touchdown there. Obviously, Miami went down and scored eventually, and the Bills' defense kind of held their own while their offense kind of sputtered again in the fourth quarter. It was a tale of a couple quarters for the Bills. First quarter, 14 points. Second quarter, they started with a field goal at 17-0. And you kind of feel like they're running away with this game. And they didn't. They kind of kept Miami around, 17-0. Then became 17-3. Then became 17-6. And then Miami kind of inches back until with 17-7. 17-17-17. And then, I think I said 17 like six times right there. But it was 17-17. And then the Bills kick a field goal to end the half and go up three going into the locker room. But... You go back to that part of the game where the Bills are up 14-0. They're once again driving down the field. And Dawson Knox drops a touchdown. He drops a touchdown. He had a pretty good catch that first touchdown. Josh Allen put it in a very hard, a very good spot. But Dawson Knox also made a very good catch. Then we go to that <clears throat> potential third touchdown drive and he drops a for sure touchdown i'm not gonna say if he catches that that the bills 
easily win. But I think most people thought you go up 21 nothing there. It kind of felt like the game was over. You go up 17 nothing, which they did. It kind of kept Miami in that ball game. And we know what happened in that ball game. Miami ties it. Bills take the lead. Miami eventually takes the lead in that second half. Bills go up three, then go up 10, and then look back and they win by three in a, in a dicey finish in this game. So, a, one of the good from the game was the Bills be able to score points. One of the ugly from the game was the points that they left on the field. Another, another interesting thing from one part of the ugly was the Khalil Shakir play. That catch middle of the field, he has to make that catch. Look, he did make up for it <clears throat> a little bit with that catch over the middle in that third and one play. We're going to get to some of those long plays on short yardage positions. We're going to get to that in a second. But that cool secure catch, that second one across the middle of the field, I put on Instagram, that was an awesome freaking catch, dude. Great catch, but you got to catch that first one because I think the Bills offense was starting to stall. They found Shakir across the middle of the field deep in Miami territory, and they don't convert. He drops the ball. Obviously, they called it a catch on the field. They go back and look at it, and it was not a catch. That is something that the Bills need. couple drop balls, couple interceptions, a fumble. Bills still score 34 points. That's a crazy feat right there, that you're able to score 34 points while turning the ball over three times, dropping a touchdown pass, and dropping a, a pass that puts you on third down into plus, plus Miami territory. Instead, you have to punt and give the ball back to Miami. So the Bills still able to score 34 points was incredible. Another good thing that I loved from this game was a combination of Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. So just to read, quickly read through the stat lines, Matt Milano led the team in tackles, 10 tackles, 8 sole tackles, 2 sacks, 2 tackles for loss, a QB, 3 QB hits for Matt Milano. He was everywhere for this Bills, and he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Going into the week, he was named first team all-pro, so shout out Matt Milano, well-deserved. He was also graded as the fifth player on the Bills' defense in according to PFF. You know who the number one was? His playing mate, Tremaine Edmonds, who is going to be a Bill long-term they're going to franchise tag him. They're going to sign him long-term. They cannot let this guy go. This guy, 90.3 rating, according to PFF. That is number one on the Bills' defense this past week. He finished third on the team in tackles with five. Four solo, no sacks, didn't have a tackle for loss. Four pass deflections. Tremaine Edmonds had four pass deflections. That is something. His coverage skills in this game was incredible. Graded at an 81.2, according to PFF. That was in the green. You know who had an even better coverage rating? A little less overall rating, an 88.1, according to PFF, but who had an 88.0 coverage rating. And that was rookie Kyir Elam. I put on Twitter, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, DBIC Peter, that he was, in my opinion, the number one MVP from this game. He was incredible. Dane Jackson goes out. He steps in. And guys, we can talk about it. I don't know if we can get down a rabbit hole with this. Kyrie Elam has to be that number two corner, in my opinion. I thought Davis White played pretty good. He had an up and down game, but I thought he played pretty good. Kyrie Elam, a major pick that set up the Bills in plus territory that obviously got led to the Colby touchdown, which got them the lead back, and they didn't look back from that lead. But they were down at that point, 24-20. They needed a spark. Kair Elam gave him that spark with that interception, and that kind of turned the game around. Bills go down, score, go up 27-24, and 
They don't look back and they win the game 34-31, obviously. But the Bills were down at that point. Their offense was sputtering. That's how you fix a, a struggling offense at that point. You give them a short field, which is exactly what the Bills did to Miami twice. You gave them a short field to an offense that was struggling. You can't do that. So the, the Bills kind of gave Miami the, a lot of chances to get in this game, and Miami took those chances. They took them. Picked a scoop and score, two interceptions that led to points. That kept Miami in this game and helped them uh, stick around in a game that they probably had no business sticking around in. What are you going to do? It's playoff football. It's division football. It's the third time they met with each other this year. Obviously, both games were earlier were close. They split. One was a two-point win by Miami, 21-19. And one was a three-point win by Buffalo in the snow at the end, 31-28. I'm pretty sure that was the final score. So I think we expected uh, – no, I think – People that are maybe inside the locker room teams expected probably a closer game than I think that Vegas did, especially because that spread got up to 14, 14 and a half. And something that I did, because I picked last week, you know, the Bills winning 31-13 on my game predictions last week. Wow. It was not 31-13. I wish it was 31-13. It was shaping up to be 31-13. But obviously that changed a little as the game went on. But I thought Kair Elam was... Was something special in this game. Um, like I said, 88.1 PFF grade, 88.0 coverage grade. He was good. Um, he did have a couple of tackles, two pass deflections. He did his thing. Massive game upcoming this week because he's going to be probably that wide receiver uh, corner two. I get Dane Jackson's probably going to play some because Dane Jackson's injury is not that serious. But whoever whoever he matches up against, whoever Dane, whoever Trey White matches up against, they got weapons. The Bengals. We're talking about Tower Boy, we're talking about D. Higgins, and we're talking about Jamar Hayes, uh, Jamar Chase. Those are some good weapons that the Bills are gonna have to focus on. We'll get to the Dolphins game in a second. Um, of course, Dave Myers coming in. Let's go, Peter. I appreciate Dave Myers, founder of Built in Buffalo. Dave, we need the Facebook back. It's coming, my man. Friday. Now nah, I'm just messing. Smash that like and subscribe. As always, almost to 1k subs in less than three months on the YouTube channel. That is awesome. This brand new YouTube channel that we launched. Less than three months ago, like Dave mentioned, we're, we're growing. We're trying to get to 1K. That would be awesome. We can get back the Super Chats. That would be awesome as well. As always, follow us on Facebook. Road to 100K, Dave, on Facebook. I think we're at 90K right now, but road to 100K on Facebook. So, yeah, let's keep going, boys. Comment section, boys and girls. Comment section is open, like I said. But, yeah, Kair Elam was great. Um Matt Milano was great. Tremaine Edmonds was great. I think those are some of the good things from the Bills that they did well. Uh, like Gabe Davis, six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis in the postseason is, is a different breed. Why is Gabe Davis so good in the postseason? And look, I thought Gabe Davis had an up-and-down third season in the NFL. It was his best year. But I don't think we saw that leap where he had 1,000 yards that we all potentially wanted and that we all thought. Did battle an ankle injury, missed a couple games, but did battle that ankle injury, which you saw wasn't great. This is maybe the Gabe Davis we need to see all the time. Six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. There's really nothing better than that stat line from Gabe Davis. And he just kind of showed out. He was number one overall PFF grade on the Bills offense at 83.5 for the Bills. That was number one overall offensive grade. For the bill. So he kind of kind of carried the load and receiving game. Stefan Diggs, great first half. Great first half. Disappeared in the second half. And that can get to an ugly, we can talk about that in an ugly part where where'd he go in that second half? 
I don't know, man, because that second half was not Stefan Diggs' best half he's had in, in professional football. But he had seven catches for 114 yards and did have a long of 52, that deep ball that set up the Dawson Knox touchdown. What a dime by Josh. What a dime. Josh did throw a couple dimes in there. That one Diggs and the one that Gabe Davis in the corner for the touchdown or short corner, whatever you want to call it in football terms. Some of the Josh's great throws. He also made some interesting throws. The one to John Brown. Now we can get to the ugly from the Dolphins game. The one to John Brown. Look, do we want to say it was a wrong route by John Brown? Sure. Do you want to say it was a bad pass by Josh? Sure. The problem is, at that time, there was no, no, no need for that throw. We're talking about after a couple good runs by Cook sets them up in midfield range. I think that's where they, exactly where the Bills were. And you kind of throw a deep ball where the short passing game was kind of doing its thing, kind of playing its role that we all wanted. So, yeah, that pass, I get it, and I also don't get it. I don't think there was any need for that at the point of the game. The Bills were cruising, it looked like. There was no need to force something. I get it. You're losing by a lot. You got to try to force something, potentially. But that's not where the Bills were at in that game. They were at a point where they could have just kind of keep doing their thing on offense. They kind of got away from that, and that kind of helped Miami. The name of the game for this Bills game against Miami was the fact that they hurt themselves. And we've talked about this on our Built in Buffalo Facebook chat. We've talked about this on Twitter. People are talking about this. The Bills did this to themselves. Look, Miami played a great game. I am not trying to take anything away. The best that I can and not try to take anything away from this Dolphins team because they balled. They put a lot of effort in defensively, more importantly, offensively. They did have a couple drop passes that you never know. They catch this game could have been a little bit different. Let's not get down there because that might make everyone a bit stressful. But yeah, I think if you're the Bills, you did this to the, yourselves. You made this way too interesting. And you can't turn the ball over three times in a playoff game. You just can't. You also have to be a little more cognizant of who you're playing. Why force the ball down the field to John Brown when Xavier Howard is lurking over there? There's no need. You just had two great runs by James Cook that set you up in midfield. Why? Why would you force it? There's no point. He did force it. Why did the Bills go away from their short passing game that was killing Miami in the first half? Even the first drive that stalled out by two run plays, which I didn't get why we're called. I get the first one. I don't get the second one. And that stalled out the drive, and the Bills had to, had to punt. I don't get it. I do not get it whatsoever. So, yeah, Bills kind of did this to themselves. Do I wish the game was a little different? Yeah, I do. But it was one of those games where the Bills just did this to themselves, and there was no need for that. So I guess you can chalk this game up too. Bill's kind of unforced errors kept Miami in this game. And Miami stayed in this game, and they had a chance to win this game. But, yeah, what are you going to do about it? The game's over, and there's nothing the Bills can do but work on these errors and get back to work. Get back to work because on Sunday you've got the Cincinnati Bagels who are coming in hot. They're coming and feeling. They're on a nine-game win streak. 
they upped the Bills' win streak. The Bills are on an eight-game win streak. Miami's on a nine-game win streak. So, not Miami. Uh, Cincinnati's on a nine-game win streak. So, if you're the Bills, you're going to have to keep going here. You're going to have to keep going here. So, we're going to move towards the Cincinnati game. I'm not going to go too crazy long uh, tonight. We're trying to keep it 20 to 30 minutes because it's just me, um, which is – there's no problem with that, as always. Um, key matchup. So, we're going to go to a Picasso's Pizza key player of the game for the Bills versus the Bengals. My Picasso's Pizza key player of the game, and shout-out to our sponsor, is going to be Stefan Diggs. I think the Bills need another massive game from Stefan Diggs, not just in the catches, not just in the yards, but we need a touchdown or two from Stefan Diggs. We need him to get back on that touchdown train where he needs to get going on the touchdown train. I like what he did in that first half. Whatever happened in that second half, please don't do that. Please don't do that. We need him for this game. The Cincinnati secondary isn't anything special. I think I would say Miami secondary is a little better than Cincinnati. They definitely have a better corner in Xavier Howard than anybody Cincinnati does. So if you're the Bills, exploit uh, Cincinnati's secondary, mainly their corners. They have a good safety in Jesse Bates, who is at the level of Jordan Porter, at the level of Micah Hyde. But you got to get the ball to Stefan Diggs. You got to get him in the red zone. We got to use him for in these touchdown scenarios. There's nothing you can do about it in that sense. So Stefan Diggs is my Picasso's pizza key player of the game for the Bills versus the Bengals. Some some key matchups I would talk about in this game as we sort of wrap up the show. We're going to have a half-hour show tonight. We're not going to go too crazy. Just into something here. Um, we're going to keep it a half-hour show tonight. Some key matchups, I would say, for this game. How do the Bills interior O-line fair against DJ Reader and the Cincinnati up front Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard this Bills O-line has been a topic and a bit of criticism for a long time, rightfully so this Bills O-line needs to figure themselves out this weekend Josh Allen was sacked seven times seven times on Sunday that cannot happen again to on against the Bengals on Sunday. That just can't be a thing. I think if you're the Bills, you're gonna need to reshape this O-line this offseason, obviously. Can't do that before Sunday. So you're rolling out the same rolling out Dawkins at left tackle. Not the problem. Rolling out left guard Roger Saffram. That's a problem. Mitch Morris at center. That's fine. Right guard Bates been up and down. I like it. But right tackle Spencer Brown. Dude, put up a shut up time because your job's on the line this weekend. We need you to step up. This Cincinnati Bengals team is good. It's very good. It's a very good team. So, up front.
Sorry, I was uh, responding to a text there. But yeah, up front, where was I? Up front, DJ Reader, Trey Anderson, they're really good for this Bengals team. This Bills O line is going to be in for a good amount of a good amount of interesting here. This is going to be tough for the Bills O line up front. How do they fare? How does Josh Allen fare? He's going to be is he could be potentially running for his life. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. But I don't think if you're the Bills, you want to get Josh Allen a lot of dropbacks. I expect and I would hope for the short passing game to be very prominent this weekend. Um, I think you kind of need it to be very prominent this weekend. I think if you're the Bills, you don't want to get Josh Allen in long, long passing downs. You can't because if you get them in long passing downs, you're gonna you're acceptable to the pass rush. When I mean long passing downs, I mean third and eight, thirty nine, third and ten, and everything, anything beyond that, because you got to give the Josh Allen some time to get back and drop back. Um, you can't have that against this Bengals pass rush with the struggle up front with the O line. You just can't. And I expect the Bills to be pretty good up front today. Uh, or you would hope they'd be pretty good. It's going to be a struggle with Saffo. It's going to be a struggle with Brown. I think I think Morse can handle his own. I think Deion Dawkins can handle his own. I think Brian Bates can do his thing. Even though he's been up and down, there's been some really good games for Ryan Bates. There's been some really bad games. There's been a lot of eh games for Ryan Bates. So I hope the Bills kind of do their thing up front. But it's going to be a tough, tall ask. Short passing game, get the run game going. That's some of the res- recipes for... The Bills this weekend if you're if you want to keep Josh Allen upright. So yeah. I think if you're the Bills, you gotta keep doing your thing up front or try to kind of kind of establish a little bit of a pocket there. Don't make Josh Allen scramble. And the fact that he was sacked seven times for a quarterback that is known for escaping pressure, for a quarterback that is known for getting out of the pocket, that's unacceptable in my opinion. You cannot have that happen. So a lot of sacks. Seven sacks. Seven sacks cannot happen, in my opinion, for the Bills again. They're going to have to keep Josh Allen upright, and that's one of the keys to this game. Um, Another key, you got to get after Joe Burrow. With the loss of Von Miller, obviously the pass rush has taken a step back. We all expected it to because it's Von Miller. He had eight sacks in 12 games. This is, wasn't just a random guy that you lost. No offense to random guys out there, but a random guy you lost for an extended an extended uh, period of time. This was somebody called Von freaking Miller. So, yeah, Von Miller, extended loss. This is someone that you need for this. Um, yeah. How do you replace Von Miller in this game? That's a Gregory Rousseau. That's a Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, A.J. and that's a problem there. That's what we're going to have to get after Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow at his worst is when he's pressured. He's not as mobile as a Josh Allen. He's not as mobile, obviously, as Lamar Jackson. Not as mobile as Patrick Mahomes. But he's, he can move around in there. He's not a stiff. He's definitely not a stiff. But we saw in the Super Bowl, he struggles the most when he's under pressure. Got to get after him. You got to create pressure with four. The Bills have struggled at times with Von Miller out with getting pressure with four. But yeah, you got to get pressure with four, in my opinion. There is nothing you can do uh, 
besides what's for because you need to drop Tremaine Edmonds. You need to drop Matt Milano because this passing attack for Cincinnati is very good. Hayden Hurst, Howard Boyd, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You're going to need the guys in coverage. you got to get after you got to get after him with only four. So that's another final one. So we're going to wrap this up early. Um, sorry about that. We're going to keep it just me tonight. So we're going to keep it 30 minutes tonight. Um, we're going to keep it 30 minutes tonight, guys. And I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We're going to end with our game predictions. Our final game predictions tonight for Sunday's game against the Bengals. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, we'll be back next Wednesday. Facebook will be back, YouTube back, and Twitter all back. But next Wednesday, we're going to be talking, hopefully, about a Bills victory over the Bengals. If not, we'll recap the Bills' potentially tough loss to Cincinnati. Where do they go next? All that fun stuff. Not fun stuff. Game predictions for Sunday, guys. Appreciate everyone that is tuned in. Sorry for the short show, but... You got to do what you got to do. Game predictions. I think this is going to be an absolute awesome game. I think it's going to be like Kansas City game last year in the division round. This is going to be a classic. El Clasico, as people like to call it in Spain. This game is going to be awesome. This game is going to be incredible. It's going to have every single thing you want in one of these games. I got Buffalo Bills 28, Cincinnati Bengals 27. Bills do not cover the spread, which is about five, five and a half. I think the Bills are going to have to do a lot of good things. They're going to have to, like I said, keep Josh up front. They're going to have to get after Joe Burrow. I think this game's going to be nuts. I think the Bills are going to be down a couple points, and they're going to come down and kick a game-winning field goal. 28 to 27 is my score prediction for the Bills. Uh, It's going to be a tough one. Jennifer's coming in, scared to lose. Who isn't scared to lose? This is going to be a tough one. I got the Bills 28, Cincinnati 27. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Wednesday with the Buffalo Blitz on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. If you want to watch this once again, you can rewatch it on YouTube or Twitter. And you can listen to this tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. I'm Peter DiBiase. We'll be back next week. Breaking tables. Tomorrow night, Thursday night. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. Bills 28, Bengals 27 as we broke down everything from the Dolphins game. Gave you my good, gave you my ugly. Some key matchups, some potential players to this game, and everything else. Oh, what's up, Iz? Iz, I was just signing off. Okay. What's that, Iz? We'll talk to Iz for a couple minutes here. We'll give Iz a little. We'll give Iz a little. Talk to Is for a second here. Let me add, let me add Is to the show. Oh, where did Is go? Oh, okay. Never mind. It's been a roller coaster of a show. Crazy stuff happens, but we're gonna call it a night, and that's gonna do it for tonight's episode, boys and girls. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed that. Until next time, this was the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. I'm Peter DiBiase. Hopefully everyone has a good night. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you.